to Star Wars Sessions, probably Britain's greatest Star Wars podcast. The Star Wars Sessions podcast part that he loves a good Star Wars session. Absolute legends of Star Wars Sessions. This is the way, this is the way. Please welcome your hosts, Matt Hudson and Luke Bly. This is when fun begins. Good morning, afternoon, or evening, wherever you are in the galaxy, and welcome to Star Wars Sessions. Come for the Star Wars, stay for the sessions. My name is Matt Hudson, aka Jabba the Hud, and joining me here, as ever, in the cockpit of the Essex Falcon, he is the greatest Star Wars man, fan, and buddy out there. Some may say he is the itchy to my lumpy. It's Luke Bly, Master Blywalker. How you doing, mate? Very cheeky, mate. Very cheeky. Oi, oi, San Valoni. Yeah, not bad at all, mate. It's still freezing, but you know what keeps me warm at night? It's the thought that I get to see you, mate, this Saturday, the 9th of December, at Croydon Star Wars Weekend. But only the Saturday, not going on the Sunday, as of right now. But yeah, should be good fun, shouldn't it, mate? We're going to have a little cuddle. Yeah, We're going to have a cuddle, keep each other warm. and then I. Star Wars up, Jamie Rich is going to be there to snuggle us up in his big old bear arms. A couple of yeah. the other stickheads are going to be there as well, so it's always good to catch up. And yeah, mate, Star Wars event, it's chilly season, loving life. Mm. And for those who don't know, they've got some pretty uh, pretty sweet guests, generally scanning, spanning most uh, trilogies, but they've got a couple of the oldies from the old tr- OG trilogy, which I'm excited to uh, meet, mate. Who Give us a taste of who's going to be in Croydon. Right, mate. They've they've pulled it out the bag, you know. Chilly mate. old Croydon, sweet, sweet old, which is kind of south South London, yeah. So south you London. know, if it's accessible, you know, for you, then good day. See you there. If yeah, not, come along. Then be be jealous because Dennis Lawson's going to be there. Oh, everyone's wait. everyone's. Let, we're going to try and interview a couple of these guys, but we'll oh, okay. see. Our boy Brian Herring, everyone's favourite Bibs Bash <laughs> attendee. Angus McInnes is how would Angus you say McInnes, that? Yep, it is uh, McInnes, right. yeah. Dutch, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jack, Jack Claff, uh, Garrick Hagon, oh um, boy, mate. Right, what's the story with that? Because well, that's kind of a legendary morning yeah. glory. Uh, LFCC, our first <laughs> um, time we were there in 2022. We met Garrick, yeah. and he's he's a lovely guy, and we had a quick chat with him before getting yeah. him on the mic. Uh, and then, you know, he was really, gen- uh, really kind, gave us five, 10 minutes of his time, got him on the mic, had a great interview. I don't want to spoil too much of what he says in case we get him again, because he probably won't remember yeah. and he'll say it all over again. But yeah, we had a I'm bit of pants. I'm hoping that, mate. I'm hoping oh, he doesn't remember we'll, us and we can just slide in and do we'll another interview. Into it. Yeah. <laughs> a little, a bit, a bit of naughty bants and um, <laughs> good natured. And then yeah. at the end of it, we're like, oh, that was really cool. Uh, Garrick, what a lad. And then whilst we're interviewing another star wars um actor it kind of dawned on me during it where i thought oh my goodness i don't think the microphone is set up to the right setting and setting yeah i got back home or back to the hotel and listened and all you could hear is just static and just a noise (laughs) of people in the background you can literally hear him say um hi i'm garrick and blah 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 and that was it and i was so bummed because it was such a fun interview and garrick was so cool and I was hoping we'd get a chance to speak to him again. And uh, it looks like, or it certainly seems like, uh, touch wood, at Croydon, we're going to be able to. But there are some, like Angus McInnes, he'd be great to speak to. Yeah, he's obviously a gold leader, I think, in o- the OT and also in Rogue mm-hmm. One as well. 
Mm-hmm. So that'd be cool. He actually recorded new lines for that. I'd love to ask him about that. But there's some really cool guests there, man. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, there's loads. So yeah, just just have a little Google, you know, mm-hmm. Croydon. And there's more than Croydon. what Luke said as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sean Crawford, yeah, yeah. mate. Yak face. Enough said. Yeah. you got Tim Dry, Mike Edmonds. Big up Mike Edmonds. So we're going to see we're going to see some of the usuals. We're going to see some new people. I think that Dennis Lawson, you know, Paul is 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 That's really impressive. Really impressive. So we're going to be hanging down there. But also quick shout out, mate. I hope you don't mind. But quick shout out as well to Farthest From, which is happening down in Hampshire. And our old mate Dave Trees sorting that out. And he has Pablo Hidalgo there. What a what a what a random appearance. Like I hope nobody Dave Dave could do that. You know. I know. Who Dave the Rave who is a charmer and he's managed to charm he's charmed him oh pablo oh, to come over here um ch- and he's obviously got new bolt there so you know there's too much beef for one auditorium but yeah, yeah if you're going to be down in hampshire down in the new forest way uh farthest from dave tree is running the event the guys in generation skywalker phantom track is going to be there and pablo hidalgo will be doing a q a and signing his uh latest book his latest reference book so that's a huge gig mm. so yeah good luck to yeah, the guys down there i can't wait to find out how well that goes yeah, no, big time, mate. I, there's a lot going on, a lot going on, you know, and I'm looking forward to chatting to a few of these guys and also for a few conventions next year. You've charmed oh, yeah. me. You've That's charmed it. me. <laughs> yeah, right. I love it. Uh, just uh, quickly as well, mate, on the top, uh, I wanted to just bring to our listeners' attention and also to, to our attention, really, just as a reminder that our Spotify wrapped this year really, really was just, it, it warmed our hearts. Um, it was really positive. We've had growth, more followers, more subscribers, more listeners. And, it, you know, we knew that. We look at the figures and, yeah, that was really cool. I think Ahsoka was a, was was kind of big for us. Um, but we got some really, really nice messages. Too many to read out. Like, we got a lot of really nice ones in private and public on discord but i wanted to just read out this one in particular from adam j if you didn't if you don't mind right i'll just read it out quickly mate go for it star wars is a campfire it's the thing we sit around we sit around that gives us an excuse to be together Thank you, Matt and Luke, for another year of feeding the flames. I've had insomnia for much of this year, and you've been company through many long and tricky nights. Hence my almost embarrassing Spotify score. Love Star Wars, love the sessions, love this Discord. Thanks all. And yeah, Adam had an incredibly impressive score. Um <laughs> When listening to us, he was in the top 0.5% of listeners. Uh, oh, man. Which, yeah, which equates to like 16,000 minutes of listening to Matt and Luke yabber on about Star Wars, which <laughs> I find just mind blowing that people do that, mate. But I thought that was a really, really sweet message. Um, and I, I also saw a wee lad this weekend. I managed to uh, play a cheeky bit of Star Wars, um, what's it called? Talisman. Star Wars Talisman with him. Yep. A bit of a board game with him. And a few friends like my brother, Josh Pritchard. Lad. Yeah, he, he he tells me, he goes, oh, Luke, um, Spotify wrapped. I'm in your 0. 0.0. Five percent of top oh. listeners. I go, what? It's well, like man. I've listened to like twenty six thousand minutes this year. I was like, well, man, we, get off me. What? 
<laughs> I was like, how? And he was like, well, he was like, I drive a lot. So and I've been listening to the back catalog. But yeah, I, I just wanted to say big thank you to everyone who listens, who supports, who leaves reviews on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. It helps us immensely. And yeah, thank you. Yeah, that's it. I wanted yeah. to start the show positively, mate. Yeah. Exactly what Lukey Boy said. There's not much more I can add other than just give my heartfelt thanks and gratitude. As I always say, we're just two mates who want to get together and talk Star Wars. And the fact that people want to listen and it resonates to that level is is wild and it's mind-blowing and it's not something we ever take for granted. So thank you so, so much for listening. But stick around for the next year, mate, because we want to get those numbers even higher. Tell your mates yeah. all about it. Get in the 0.05 like um, Lukey Boy's mate. Get in the 0.01. Be a real sickhead. But no, yeah, honestly, thank on. you guys for doing that really appreciate it uh, so that's some good news to start the show off mate and we've got a great show for you guys but before then i need to get rid of this pesky noise in my ear it's the chimes and bongs of big ben kenobi what does it mean my friend that's galactic news round in a recent interview on the Who's Talking to Chris Wallace podcast, Adam Driver stated that he is reminded by people almost daily that he was responsible for killing Han Solo in The Force Awakens. According to insider reports, further news and potential casting updates on Daisy Ridley's New Jedi Order movie could be revealed this month. And talking with Slash Film, Godzilla Minus One director Takashi Yamazaki, who oversaw the upcoming and critically acclaimed kaiju film, has stated that he hopes he can become part of the Star Wars franchise someday. Hi, this is Details. This is Nick Joseph. This is Alex Damon. This is Brendan Wayne. This is Trevor Futterfield. Hey, what's up? It's Taylor Gray, a.k.a. Ezra Bridger, and you're listening to Star Wars Sessions, probably Britain's greatest Star Wars podcast. I hope you enjoy the show. I don't know if anyone else can feel this, but there has been a disturbance in the force. As if two lads cried out in joy and happiness at being joined by tonight's guests. But before that, this time last year, we'd had a few Vinos and we covered the holiday special for the first time. We just covered it on the show and it was it was crazy. You guys know all about that. One year on, we're now discussing a brand new documentary that looks at the making of the 1978 CBS special aptly titled A Disturbance in the Force. And tonight we're joined by director and producer Jeremy Coon and producer Kyle Newman. Lads, thank you for joining the sessions. How you doing? Doing great. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us on. Thank you for making the time to come on, lads. Um, so, simply put, tell us about A Disturbance in the Force. What is it? Why should people watch it? And why do you absolutely adore the Star Wars holiday special? Jeremy, <laughs> should we come to you first, mate? Yeah, I don't know if I'd say I adore the special. I appreciate the special for what it is. So let's start. Yeah, I mean, the way I would look at it is like, if you... If you could, the, the film's kind of crossed over, so like even if you don't know anything about the holiday special or Star Wars fan, there's enough in this film to kind of explore what bad 70s variety TV was in America. <laughs> but for those that don't know, uh, about a year after Star Wars came out, uh, they wanted to keep Star Wars in the zeitgeist. They got these elderly 
you know, like the B. Arthur's, our carnies have gotten together with Star Wars to do a terrible TV special. It's been it's it's been revered as like the worst hour and a half of TV ever. So in that context, it's fun to kind of explore it and see like what was going on in the seventies at the time. So the film's kind of a time capsule of that late seventies. And I think that's a really interesting take for us, right, from the UK, because the idea of, you said it's a very like American thing, like variety yeah. shows, 1970s Americana, for us, it is a little bit alien. So even when we watch the holiday special on YouTube or wherever, yeah, it is extra weird because we're like, <laughs> why is, what's with the segments? Why are we suddenly in a cartoon that's actually pretty decent? And then Quite suddenly good. you've got, you know, Luke Skywalker looking like he's just murdered Chewbacca secretly <laughs> and hidden his body somewhere and just not told anyone about it. There's a lot of weird things going on in the holiday special. Why the holiday special? Why make a documentary about it? And why Why 2023? What's, what's so special about it? Well, we set out to make this four years ago. So it's been kind of a slow, like, labor of love. But it's... The question why is like, I feel like every documentary starts with, we had questions to which no one was providing answers. And I was, we were actually shocked that no one had already made this movie. I was like, someone's had to, there's a documentary on everything that's ever been existed, existed. Someone's had to have made this before (laughs) and outside like, you know, five, 10 minute YouTube docs, there really wasn't anything I'd done a deep dive on this. So that's why we started doing it just kind of. And as we got more and more into it, we're like, there's a lot of fun stories here. And it's kind of just, it's a fun time period to explore and just kind of sit in. People don't talk about often. It's, it in a sense has been buried by Lucasfilm and it's been, while it's also been resuscitated by pop culture, the, the internet helped proliferate it across the globe and made it so it didn't die. But Disney and Lucasfilm have been keeping it alive in in media and in merchandise. If you go to the theme parks, they celebrate life day. Now they have, you can get Chewbacca Snuggies. You can get globes. You can get ornaments for your tree. You can get action figures. Now the Kenner vintage. That's a, one of the greatest things yeah. ever made. Look at that. Isn't this, isn't this beautiful pop of Chewbacca? There have been things from the Boba Fett segment made by gentle giant and beyond. So they've been merchandising it. They do a Lego holiday special. It hasn't died. So it's not like this was forgotten for 45 years and then we're trying to bring it back to life. There's been a life of its own that's that's kept it alive. Fans have kept it alive because there is so much mystery and intrigue. Why did this happen? How did it happen? And it was an opportune time to sit with some of these aging veterans who worked on the special and complement that with some of these uh, pop culture luminaries, you know, the Patton Oswalt and Weird Al and Seth Green and people also have connections to Lucasfilm and to the special itself. I mean, Weird Al did you know, a thing where he featured it, Adam Gold, F. Goldberg is one of our producers and he put it in the Goldbergs. And it's been talked about on TV shows that have permeated pop culture and, and mainstream television. So it just hasn't gone away. And like you said, you know, UK might not be familiar with the variety format. And I think most people in general aren't accustomed to it. When you watch it, you're like, what is happening here? Wait, why? So Star Wars didn't invent the variety format and it was in its, it was in its dying days in the late seventies as um, television tastes were evolving in the U S but they still plugged star Wars into that. And it's maligned for sometimes the wrong reasons. It's boring. It's dry. It's not great. They ran out of money. Uh, so there's a lot of things not going well for it. People were expecting a sequel to star Wars and this let them down completely. 
So there's so many factors as to why in an official sense, they don't want to put a copy of it out in the world like Lucasfilm or Disney, but you can go on Disney plus and watch the faith, a faithful Wookiee. So yeah. there's something off here. Something's not finished about the story of the holiday special. And that's what also makes it a great subject for a documentary. And you've got so many people willing to really talk about it and actually divulge their stories. And they just went and did a job. They worked on this thing. And, and here mm. we are 45 years later, mm. still intrigued by it and getting answers. Like when I, when we screened, I always ask an audience, I'm like, how many people learned something? And the yeah. whole audience is always like, Oh my God, I had no idea what, what is happening here. So, and making it for, for someone that even if you don't like star Wars, you'll probably sit down and be able to get through this and laugh. That's what's funny. Like some documentaries, you really have to have this preordained interest in the subject. Mm-hmm. They get so niche. Um, and lately it's like, you have to like murder drugs because people only want to make documentaries about awful things. Yeah. It's like, did somebody yeah. die? Did somebody overdose? Did somebody lose a billion dollars? Oh, why are we making this? And we're not going to make this documentary. And this is actually looking at something fun and funny. And that's why I think it, we're also enjoyed to make it. Yep. Well, I love the, when I watched this, cause I, I was lucky enough to see this in the summer at Fantasia when I had its run at the Fantasia international film fest. And I was as a star Wars nut, I was very excited to be able to see it and see it early as well. And I've only been out been able to sit through the holiday special once. So that intrigue and that kind of mystery that you mentioned has always been there because we've, I've seen like the images of like Luke Skywalker, who's like smoked his breakfast or um, Chewie's uncle watching slightly sketchy things on his headset kind of think or be Arthur pouring something into someone's cranium what what is going on so I can I had questions and it's funny because I'd looked for documentaries genuinely or something to kind of give me a backstory of what actually happened because my understanding was it must have been wild to have worked on this so when the documentary came along I was so excited to you know finally be able to dive in and see what what could be gained from it question or two questions actually firstly is how many times did you watch the holiday special when it came to making this did you have to sit down and watch it multiple times and in terms of the guests because you just mentioned some wonderful guests you've got on there across pop culture you know what why did you choose those guests and did you at any point think should we try and give harrison or mark hamill an email see if they fancy coming on as well <laughs> yeah i mean answer your first question Tommy. so I, I was also the editor on this so like i watched yeah. this the special way more than I would like to admit, I think I've watched it beginning to end seven times over the course well of making done. this. And each time it did not get easier. It was <laughs> just as hard every time. Uh, yeah. But as far as, I mean, Kyle's a great person. I love working with cause like everyone loves him and he's connected to everybody. So I was just kind of like, Hey, you know, it'd be great. It'd be great to get initially the list of people were thinking about were like, who would I want to talk to or watch the special with? And like Kevin Smith and Seth Green were like yeah. the top two people I'd like to talk to. And Kyle, Kyle knows Seth. And that, that was like, Seth Green, I feel is like the next best person interviewing Lucas. Like he yeah. really has a special insight. Cause he, I mean, he, he actually, I don't know if Kyle wants to go on, but he, he actually like knows Lucas and has talked to yeah. him on the holiday special. He, got, he had special permission, you know, to do um, the robot chicken specials. And then he developed a show, which never came out. And they, they, I think they were like 44 episodes deep in Star Tours Detours when the company was mm-hmm. transitioned to Disney and Disney had its, way with things um and in that process he was working hand in hand with lucas and seth is like this the sweetest lovable guy super disarming and he got really close with george and george would open up to him you know that's why he tells those tales of of um 
you know, he asked George, he's like, what happened, man? Why don't, if you didn't like it, why don't you get it canceled or what? You know? And George was like, it had to come out. Um, so getting people that knew George well or worked with George was, was vital. Also guys like JW Rinsler, I think, um, in his last interviews really gives them, gives this whole thing context, which we wanted to do. We wanted to say, okay, this is, this is bad, but in, in light of 1970s television, is it that bad? Or is it just congruent with how bad television was in general, how <laughs> lost we were in terms of culture and how we had limited options. And so those guys like Weird Al, Kevin Smith, uh, Paul Shear, we wanted people that could bring an intelligence to their interview and not just be like, it's the worst thing I've ever seen, you know, but Patton Oswalt, he's a pop culture fanatic. You know, he knows yeah. these, these references and things inside and out. He knows the specials we're talking about and more like some of the other stuff in the variety era and um, getting people knowledgeable like that. Uh, beyond just lampooning the special was also key. We don't want someone just come in and make fun of it. We want people to come on and give it uh, a different angle, like through their personal yeah. experience and through through their knowledge. Getting guys like Steve Sands, Wheaton, Gus Lopez, who are super collectors, who have some of the memorabilia, and obviously getting you know the, the legendary guys like Bob Mackey, you know, who did the costumes. Yeah, but we we con- we considered sitting with George himself. You know, we didn't ask. We <laughs> we did talk to Mark Hamill, who. Likes it, but he, you know, he has a pact with George and he's said that in the doc, you know, we're not supposed to talk about it. So he wouldn't really talk about it, but you know, we had so much great archival with yeah. the actors. It almost felt like let's keep all the actors, all the participants in an archival sense. Mm. Um, Carrie's no longer with us. Uh, Peter May, who's no longer with us. Kenny Baker's no longer with us. So um Harrison probably wasn't going to sit down and talk about this, but we did have this great interview with him uh, on Conan and other places. So if only <laughs> those, their opinions on it were almost vocalized enough through the yeah. footage we could find. And then sitting down with some of the people we've never heard from, like David Acumba, Steve Bender and Bruce Valanche yeah. and Lenny Rips, the people that were in Lucas on liaisons. It's those type of people. I feel like became the bread and butter for it. The crux of the, the story because no one had heard them before. And there's a real positivity as well, just to mention. There are other documentaries out there, shall we say, based on Star Wars from you know, like the decade gone by. And they're, they're, they're not, you know, they're negative or they're, they're made out of spite or malicious. Didn't get an ounce of that with a disturbance mm. in the force. This thing felt like it's made from a place of passion, from a place of love, and just enjoying the holiday special for what it is, this kind of bizarre entry into not just Star Wars, but but television of that time. And it may or may not have been one of the more bizarre things in the seventies because things got weird then, but it felt more like a celebration and hearing you say that it kind of, I get it now. The guests you've got on, you don't want people on there telling us this is rubbish and, and I'm going to tell you wife up for an hour. They just, if everyone yeah, exactly. says that it's over, there's yeah. no story. Yeah. And what I love when Jeremy first brought it up was that he really wanted to approach it with an open mind, inquisitive, inquisitiveness, like how it happened. Like you're not going to get that if you already made up your mind yeah. that it's terrible you have to understand how and why. And that that's why this thing has the life it does because people come in and I think, you know, with Jeremy and Steve, they were disarmed and honest and they were just like, Oh, it was, all right, I'm going to tell my real story here. You know, mm. it's been 40 years and you get these really wonderful Frank recollections about being on set, being dressed as walrus man, like whatever it is. <laughs> Everyone just is like, oh, I'll just tell the story. Sure. And it, it's not malicious. You know, there's no mean bone in, in, in the film. And 
the film also is trying to explore George's role, but in like a really honest way. Like a lot of people are just like, George is the worst. He's terrible. Blah, blah, blah. George Lucas is trash. People don't realize the gifts that George Lucas has given them. Um, and they're very ungrateful. I think there's a lot of ungratefulness and fandom towards George Lucas. Like he's, he's a genius, you know, he changed the medium and the world. Uh, he doesn't get the credit he deserves. And George was not really responsible for this. And that, that's what we, we get to. And, and, and I think that's important here. It's exploring like its effect on George as a person too, while Star Wars is succeeding. Ooh, what happens to George as the creative visionary. And so that's what we're talking about. It was, it was positive because we weren't going in to try and hurt people. Well, we're going to get a bit deeper on that shortly. Yeah, I want to revisit that kind of George Lucas and corporate America, corporate Hollywood at the time. I want to revisit that. So shelve that for a second, right? But just back to the interviews. I couldn't believe, yeah, I couldn't believe when I was watching the documentary, you got the performers from the hologram table. Yeah, doing an interview. Couldn't believe it. I was like, these guys are these guys for real. They've got they've got these people here. They've trapped them down and they're in the documentary. How hard was it to find those kind of actors involved in the holiday yeah. special from so, so long ago? It's actually a whole family. So every we talked to everyone but the father, because the father's passed away. But like we talked to the two older brothers, but ended up the 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 sister and the mom uh, just had better lines that wouldn't fit the film better. But I mean, a lot of this is just research tracking people down. It's, I mean, it's a lot easier now with like Facebook and, you know, going through the credits, you can figure out who, yeah. I mean, if someone's credited correctly, like we found the jugglers in Vegas, but we never actually interviewed them. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it's just, it's, and a lot of these people are just happy to be talking about something they did 45 years ago, yeah. like that people care. So like, yeah. that's what was really almost everyone we reached out to was like, I'd love to talk to you. Let's do this. And like, was very supportive. Because that's a testament to Star Wars, isn't it? That even when it's not the best, when it's not at its best, right, as an IP, as a mythology, it is still relevant and people will still get an email, a phone call 45 years later saying, what was your involvement like in this project? Because it's Star Wars, right? That is the legacy and that's yeah. the testament to, kind of circling back to what Carl said earlier, to George Lucas and his original vision for a galaxy far far away and how it's kind of penetrated pop culture in such a strong and meaningful way it is pop culture in many ways right so i mean what an experience were there any surprises from that for you guys without trying to go into too many spoilers for the documentary which is sensational by the way thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed it um yeah any surprises with any of the guests uh, I mean, there's, I mean, the Lenny rips was like the second interview we did. He's the writer on the holiday special. Mm. And like, he has like, I kind of feel he has this kind of like, like he's this wise sage of like, you know, failure. And just, I mean, he almost sounds like a rabbi where it's just like, just everything he said was just gold, but he had a really interesting perspective on it. And, uh, another funny thing, I don't think it's in the movie, but he talked about what you were saying earlier that. Uh, once someone realizes that he wrote the holiday special, like he's never gotten better service at restaurants because they just want to talk to someone who's associated <laughs> with Star Wars. Yeah. And uh, no, but one of the first things he said was, this, this is one of those spoilers, but 
we're sitting there just doing an interview with him and he talked about how just nonchalantly he's like, Oh, we're meeting with George. And he told us that Han Solo was married to a Wookiee <laughs> and then we couldn't talk about that because the world wasn't prepared for it yet. And I'm like, what <laughs> would, like, what would, are you world doing? E- would world ever be prepared? <laughs> for, for I guess it's better prepared know. now, not, not in 78, but yeah, it ben was Solo would uh, look different. Yes. It, it would have been very interesting. I don't know yeah. how the writers, works, Remember the physically. writers of the Star Wars Underworld show came out and said George told them um, that Han Solo was raised by Wookiees and he was like a Tarzan type yeah. character. So I George kinda, always, he's kind of stayed true to that in his, in his thought. That was, that was in the 2010 or whatever. Um, yeah. Well, the other thing, Seth, Seth gave me a very, when we interviewed Seth, it was a very interesting, like he gave insight to what, Lucas is as a person and said he's actually really funny and has like a very dry sense of humor. And part mm. of me is just like, is he just trolling people when he says stuff like this? Or does he really mean it? Or is it like, yeah, because Seth had the one, I don't know if you guys know about the, like the Seth Rogen, like spaceship story where Seth Rogen met George Lucas and was like, I have a spaceship. So. He's like, well, can I come with yeah, basically Lucas was going to take a spaceship and like fly away to a different planet. And, and Seth Rogen goes, uh, Oh, can I come with you? He's like, absolutely not. No, you're not going to have you on my ship. And it was like, it was really awkward and rude. And Seth's thing was like, yeah, I think he was just screwing with, with Seth to be funny. And yeah. you look at things that he does, it kind of like, uh, to me, the surprise is like, I view Lucas in a different position. Because when I went into this, I was kind of like very, I don't know if I was very anti, but I was not like, I did not expect to have as much empathy for him in the course of making mm-hmm. this, where now I, I have much better empathy of like, the decisions he had to make at the time and like at least have some insight to, I think who he is as a person, uh, which, which that was surprising. I did not set out to make something as, as understanding as it was. It's just that the footage and the interviews and the, and the evidence lended its way to it. And I think it made a much better film. Lovely. I was going to say, uh, based on that, you mentioned at the top that when you screened this recently, you'd asked the audience, you know, who learned something new about this documentary, um, I wasn't in the audience, but I did, especially kind of Keen and Mitzi Welch's, the way they handle production. I wasn't aware that those guys were literally just winging it the whole way through. And what for you guys then, who have obviously taken this under their wing and thought, right, we're going to tell the Bones and All story. You know, what was the, the coolest or best or the most intriguing new aspect of, you know, the holiday special or this era that you learned coming out of this now because we, we all know certain things of going into it uh, you know, the things we mentioned up top but there was the, something new that you guys learned from doing this so i i didn't have any connection to variety tv i didn't realize how mm. bad that like american tv was in the 70s so i mean that was the first thing where i was like oh we got to live in this for a little bit to give the context uh I hope you dress like learned, they did. yeah exactly the uh I think the coolest thing we found that I wasn't aware of. So Charlie Lippincott, who we talk about is kind of the mastermind behind the marketing of star Wars and is a very important part that I don't think he gets his due. So we want, in this film, we try to do our best and like give him credit for what he's done. But like mm-hmm. his Facebook just had, he passed away before we could interview him, but like his Facebook was just a treasure trove of things. And one was a transcript where he talks about, uh, the genesis for the idea of the holiday special started two years before the holiday. Like it was a year before star Wars even came out of like having some storyline that revolved around a family of Wookiees, which if you saw the Fantasia, that wasn't in Fantasia yet, but the final version has this in it. Uh, Yeah. I think I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's super interesting to see. So it's a Alan Dean Foster, George Lucas and Charlie Lippincott doing a brainstorming session. And, 
Yeah, I mean, Alan Dean Foster's reaction was not like, oh, you should do that. He's more kind of like, eh, it doesn't sound like a great idea. <laughs> it's fine, <laughs> but yeah. It's, but, yeah, but the idea of having a Wookiee family is something that was really important to George, and we don't know why, but like he definitely wanted, that was something he wanted to explore. That's wild. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, wow. Wookiee Wookie family. You know, Wookiee family. That's what <laughs> yeah. I want. That's what we need. <laughs> yeah, no, I can picture it right now. We love yeah. that. And, and classic I'm, I'm, George. Yeah, it is classic George. And I think that's that sort of quirkiness is what Star Wars is all about. You know, that is the charm. I watched A New Hope on the Star Wars on the weekend. And I, I, I tweeted and I put on threads. I did a thread, whatever that's called. Um, or X. It's not even tweet now, is it? I X'd like, oh, yeah. A New Hope, man. Like that first third of A New Hope is just perfect it is perfection the weirdness the wackiness the cantina aliens which of course we get a glimpse of again in the holiday special albeit from a different perspective maybe and thematically a bit different but it's still it's still awesome and it's what you fall in love with as a kid right or even an adult you know whoever and that is that global reach that global appeal of star wars really at its at its core isn't it um I'm gonna I'm gonna get a bit serious again now. I mentioned corporate like kind of Hollywood at the time in the 70s. Do you think, and to be honest, I was gonna ask this later on in the show, but I'm gonna bring it up now because it feels appropriate. Do you think this, you know, being the holiday special, is what can happen, what can happen when corporations are are too involved in, you know, an artistic process in creating something like Star Wars. And I'm, I'm asking you guys, not only as, you know, the producers, creators of a, a documentary like A Disturbance in the Force, you know, obviously Jeremy, Napoleon Dynamite producer on that, Kyle Fanboys, you've, you've got loads of amazing work behind your names. What's your thoughts on, on that and how it might have affected something like, you know, the holiday special, Star Wars, George Lucas? I think, look, it, we're working in, um, to a degree, an artistically impure medium. If you want to mm. control everything down to the T, then you should paint or self-produce your own music. I have a background in painting, fine arts. Uh, I've accepted that film is, is raw collaboration. You have to work with 50, 100, 200 people. And then you, you as a director, if you're a director or a producer, you have to bring out the best in those people. So they also thrive in their artistry, your production mm. designer, your composers, you know, your actors, your cinematographers. You have to find that common language. You have to do that. You are then going to insert the, you know, the, 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 the company that finances it. And they have a vested interest. It's like back in, you know, the Renaissance or whatever, you're hiring people to do religious paintings. And like, guess what? They can control your content. Um and you can upset mm. people. So if you're looking for that pure medium, film is incorrect. If you're looking to just be an auteur, it doesn't really exist anymore. Um, so the corporation side of it, you just, that's part of the game. You know, you have to understand that people are going to come at you and say this, I need this and this for my bottom line. And I need to hit it like this. And you have to find ways to make a lot of people happy without fully compromising what you're making. Yeah. That's just the nature of film at large. Star Wars, 1978, George wanted to plug his creation, his successful thing into this system to keep it alive, 
to keep it relevant because then he was going to go invest his own money into Empire Strikes Back and he wanted Star Wars to stay as relevant as possible and he wanted Star Wars to, to set himself up for future Star Wars. So George, the businessman, is also, he's not looking at this as like, I'm going to create the most artistically beautiful Star Wars holiday special ever. He mm. let Star Wars be plugged into this thing. Uh, so he could then keep Star Wars relevant and protect his investment. So money is involved. Um, anybody looking at film as anything other than that is insane, in my opinion. Um, yeah. It costs a lot of money and mm. you have to make it back. So um, it's it's inescapable. You just have to figure out at what, what degree you can stomach it and how you're going to navigate it because everyone's going to have, they're protecting your job. They're protecting their bottom line. They're protecting shareholders. It's like layer after layer of people that are, don't have, they don't care about the content, you know, as long as right. it doesn't fail then. Um, but they're also going to interject all their days. They think you can, you can elevate it and make it connect with those quadrants and make them more money. That's just the golden rule of film, you know, deal with it. Yeah, I mean, the other thing I've always found interesting is that <clears throat> you have the films and like TV shows that are all like very sacred to people. And there's this whole simultaneously, there's this whole division that's just Star Wars is just an industry. We have a clip where a guy, you know, in the UK talks about it, but it's a marketing machine and all that. And this is the early days of that. So if you look at through the lens of like, this was to sell toys and you look at it as more as a commercial, like, I mean, the, in the new, the, the final version of the film, we have like in the 90s, uh, Kevin Smith talked about. Uh, Darth Vader having a lightsaber fight where it dies with like an Energizer bunny, and you're like, mm -hmm. that, I mean, that was not that. I mean, that was I was a lot. I was old enough to remember that, and then like that didn't seem as weird as it does now. So it's kind of like if you look at through the lens of like this is more like a commercial to get people interested to buy toys and not a movie. It's a different perspective. But like when Kyle said, like if people are going into this thing as a Star Wars two, I mean, you had to be mortified. Right, as a commercial, it's horrible. I mean, it just even yeah. the, if you're trying but to sell not as bad as a movie, you look at it, you go, there's barely any ships. There's not too many new yeah. aliens. You use the old stuff. Boba Fett's the only guy who comes out of it is like you want the character. They yeah. did a pretty bad job of selling toys. And we do get into those like Wookiee family action figures, which almost happened. Um, so they were potentially going to put out, you know, Chewbacca's family as three and three quarter inch <laughs> figures. So they they could have done that, um, but it, it it wasn't a great vehicle for delivering toys. But isn't it poetic? Isn't it weird that, you know, Carl, I showed you this earlier, that we're now in 2023 buying a holiday special Life Day Chewbacca vintage collection. And not only are we buying it, it's selling out in places. So you've kind of got that, you know, or, you know, poetry. It's It's come round again, hasn't it? Right, like, there's a deep nostalgia for that period because a Kenner right. underproduced figures for that time period. Yeah, there is a lost line of figures that should have happened with like CZ3 and Grand Moff Tarkin and Wooher and Owen and Baru and General Dodonna. There's all these figures that they never put out properly on vintage cards. The line ended before they could revisit it. Kenner hasn't been putting them out properly, mm -hmm. uh, Hasbro, in the modern era, and so there's a hunger for that mm -hmm. era. You know, that exact window of time, um, early Empire too, like they could have put out more, like they, they're sleeping on that and seeing how fast that Chewbacca sold out. It's because the holiday specials, specials kind of forbidden 
that mm, it has that attention. Yeah. It's because yeah. it's like the the twelve or twenty back card. You know, it's a special nostalgic period. It's the classic Star Wars card. It's not even vintage. It's classic. All mm-hmm. action figures should come out on that card. Because if you're a new little kid coming to this, you don't know that that's an old card. And if you're yeah. a collector, it's imbued with nostalgia. So why would you not put it on that card? I don't understand. So <laughs> um, all the other lines, like the episode two blue card back, these horrible things, they miss that window. And so look at the way people are responding to this like a Chewbacca Life Day figure, half of it's because of how it's presented, you know? Yeah. Mm. You, uh, you've just said, obviously, about the uh, the adverts in the 90s and Darth Vader fighting the Energizer Bunny and you know, classic adverts like that, clearly. Listening to the documentary and enjoying the anecdotes, because that's what I enjoyed just as much as the kind of the uh, the origins of how the documentary, the, the uh, special began, sorry, all the way up to you know, it's eventual release. I loved that kind of through line, but the anecdotes of people saying, you know, I, I sat down in, in 78, we watched this on CBS. It was a one time only thing. Now, hearing that for somebody who was born, what, seven, eight years, seven years later, I wasn't alive for that, but it, it felt like a little time capsule of these memories. So do you got, you know, do you, did you, what were your guys thought memories of seeing this for the first time? Do you have any anecdotes similar from the first time you saw it that you did kind of think oh star wars 2 really isn't very good or, or were you later to the game because i i was given a copy of it on dvd my uncle burnt it for me um and i never got around to watching it but when i did wow it was it was an experience and then myself and luke sat down we had a couple of glasses of wine and spoke about it for an hour and made less sense than the special but do you guys have any anecdotes of the first time that you watched it that you can share yeah, so I'll throw it to cut. So I was born a year after it came out, so I have no memory of. Although the first memory I have of seeing a movie in the theaters, Return of the Jedi, when I was like three and a half. Uh, man. But the first time I saw it was uh, a friend gave me a bootleg DVD in 2002. I made it 20 minutes in. I'm just like, this isn't real. I'm like, this is some practical joke. Someone's managed to use creative editing to make this seem like it's Star Wars related, but it's really what like some old girl or something. <laughs> but Kyle, Kyle, Kyle was not Kyle's not that much uh, older than me, but he actually has like faint memories of it. So I'll turn. <laughs> yeah, the, I was born in '76, and the first thing I, I remember seeing was like late in the summer of '77. I saw Star Wars at a drive-in with my family. I don't remember the movie or anything because I was too little, but I remember just family positivity and energy. Cousins and everybody were there, and shortly after that, I could name Star Wars characters. They'd show me the back of an action figure card, and I would just name them all before I could name like normal human names, sibling names. I was this weird Star Wars. <laughs> I was like just a creature of Star Wars. And then I, it was seventy eight, and I said, we all our family wanted to watch it, and I'm one of five kids, and we were going to my uncle's or something the night it was on. We, I was like, what? I was I remember I was really angry, or my brothers were angry, and so I was like default angry and. <laughs> we wanted to stay home and watch this thing. We got there and then we put it on their TV for a little bit, but everyone was eating and we couldn't hear it. And then we got home and like maybe the last 30 minutes were on, but I was so tired. I was like two, almost two years old, maybe two, two and a bit. So I was just like, I guess I just passed out. I don't know. I don't remember. Then years later I got a VHS and then I started collecting different versions of, of the special. If I could find it on DVD or VHS or someone would burn nice. one and I would try to compare it to what I had. And I, I never watched, I watched it in pieces, 
if I was ever introducing somebody to it, I would just fast forward right to Diane Carroll and, <laughs> and, oh, yeah. and I'd be like, Oh, you got to see this. And they'd be like, what am I? No, this is not real. What am I watching? This can't be real. And I was like, no, this it's is real. very real. And that, I think if you go right to that and show people, <laughs> it says so much about not just star Wars, but our, our culture. You're like, here's this Chewbacca's dad in a living room, like with this VR, like, <laughs> Oh, and you're like, oh, you're a big boy. Happen? I'll do says, yeah. How did this happen? Not even that it's bad. Subject matter is absolutely inappropriate no. for primetime television, let alone Star Wars in a Christmas special. It's obscene. And so how, how did this that happen? That says everything. And then you're like, okay, we're dealing with the, this is the wild west of culture. Like anything goes, <laughs> I guess. No one, was anyone policing this? Did anyone rate this? And, <laughs> Then people are intrigued, and then you can rewind at the beginning, and then they last about five minutes. Like, oh, this is awful. Turn it off. So oh, you're yeah. saying that little Carl Newman wasn't in kindergarten, going stir, whip, whip, stir, and doing that with your mates. You're telling me that I, never happened? No, no stir, whip, whip, stir. I didn't really get back into it till I was like 16 or so, and Star Wars was having like a little bit of a a renaissance. I was the only person into Star Wars in, in high school, you know? People would bring me their bags of Star Wars action figures. Like, Newman, you want to buy oh, these man. for five bucks? And I'm like, yes, I do. Yeah. And I just buy, like, collections at, in mass, you know? Um, and Star mm. Wars was, for all intents and purposes, dead, you know? Mm. They'd written, they put the nail in the coffin in, like, Star Wars, and Bantha Tracks and Star Wars Magazine. They're like, George kind of wrote a letter. was like, I'm not doing this anymore. Maybe I'll revisit it later. And you had Heir to the Empire come out and do well. You had... Um, Dark Empire do well, but there wasn't even a revived Kenner line or Hasbro line. So it was this weird time where Star Wars was really dead and you had to find it on VHS or DVD. And this was like a footnote of a footnote because Star Wars was just about to become a cult film, not even like mainstream until the special edition revival. And then the internet, I think, helped keep all these strange Star Wars commercials old burger king commercials kenner commercials the holiday special you can go back and find these weird ways in which star wars was presented mm. in the late 70s and 80s the internet really helped preserve all that yeah big time and and i think that's a lot of that is perspective what you've just said right growing up with you know being born in the 70s growing up with this stuff now i'm you but 20 years later i was born in the 90s I grew up with the special editions being ever present. Yeah, the prequels, the lead up to the Phantom Menace. I was I was five, so That's for awesome. me, yeah, it was the prequels are my Star Wars. You love the prequels. I adore the me prequels. too. I love the prequels. I love I love the pre- they're not perfect. I can look at them and go, oh yeah, no, that's oh, a bit, yeah, that's a I bit. Nah, that's- I can take two minutes and fix them, but. They're great. Like, yeah. I, I love them. I've seen Phantom Menace probably a hundred times, you know? Yeah, I, oh, um, man, I think Menace. I saw it seven times in 24 hours, which was crazy. Yeah, I just wow. went back to back to back to back, yeah. I was trying to work out how that works, but it works. The yeah, math I, works. Yeah. <laughs> I think I slept for like four hours. It was like maybe in 28 <laughs> hours I saw it seven times. Um, but I, I, I remember in, I think it, for me, it would have been the 2010s. I do remember finding the holiday special online and like what Matt was saying, I kind of couldn't believe it. I was like, hang on, what? This is 
this is real. And then you watch it and you're thinking, oh my days. There's a little intro and then we're, we're a good 20 minutes in and no one said any English. No one has communicated in proper language or basic in Star Wars. It's just grunts <laughs> and wookie noises. And then the granddad whips out the VR headset. You got the, you got the performers doing the juggling and you're thinking, who signed this off? Like what? The prequels and- look gold compared. You're yeah. thinking. Raw narrative. <laughs> what are we doing here? No one really sets up, you know, it's not it's- about anything. Yeah. There's no, it's not, there's no like linear story. You can tell the story in like a sentence and that's it. it and this, it's not more complicated than that. Now, I've alluded to it earlier on in, in, in the episode with you guys, but I love the bit when Luke Skywalker turns up just because in my head canon, in that multiverse of madness, Luke Skywalker murdered Chewbacca <laughs> and he's hidden his body somewhere and he looks like he's guilty of committing uh, something really bad, right? That's just what it looks like because of reasons that, you know, you, you even explain in a documentary and a lot of people know anyway. But what is your favourite part of the holiday special? If you had to pick one, we'll start with you, Jeremy. What would you say, mate? It's the Wookiee, itchy, erotica VR scene. (laughs) So it's my favorite thing to watch in the documentary with an audience because there's this moment where people don't know what to do and everyone's really uncomfortable because they don't know whether to laugh, if it's appropriate to laugh. And then we have Taron Kilm says a line and just people like erupt because it's just kind of like, oh, it's okay. This is a joke. It's okay to like, and it's just a relief. So, I mean, that's the first, I mean, that's the thing I, I wanted to get into the most. That's my, probably my favorite overall. Mm, before yeah. Slave Layer, we had Itchy watching whatever yeah. that was on Facebook. <laughs> well, the other, thing I love about the, the other thing I love about that scene is that Diane Carroll, when she recorded that, has no idea what they're going to intercut her with. And I want to know at some point, did someone, like, did her manager pull her inside and be like, I'm so sorry, I didn't know what this was. Or did, did no one ever tell her? Yeah, like, there's oh, a perverse- away. Gold, yeah. gray-haired, silverback Wookiee watching you, and he's you're talking to him, and she had Good. no idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that was supposed to be share, which would have been even better if that was share. <gasps> oh, imagine! I didn't, I, I didn't know that until the documentary. I had yeah. no idea until Disturbance and the Force. Spoiler, everyone, but it's worth it. Still watch it; it's great. Yeah. Carl, <laughs> you, do, do you have a favorite moment from the holiday special, mate? You know, every time I press play on it. I like the beginning because I'm so optimistic. I'm like, you know what? This is Star Wars. I'm going to give it another shot because I'm an optimistic Star Wars fan, you know? Um, and I was like, oh, this is hard to get through. Yeah, it's hard to get through. And Jeremy just sent me some some great copies of the special, like high quality. And I'm like jumping through it. And I was like, it's all not not that great. But I, I'm like, I want to sit down and watch it. I'm, I'm trying to organize friends coming over. A lot of friends that came to see it in LA are like, I want to watch the special. I was like, oh, I'll do a, a special Star Wars. We'll do a holiday party and come over this year. It's, so I got to figure out when to do that. that. You should get past that 20-minute mark, and it's kind of like you're with it. You just have to get over that hump. <laughs> as long as you have like, little pigs and blankets, and you have some food, yeah. and people can the talk rum. and joke, and you're just sitting watching it. I would say, obviously, the Nirvana animated segment is great. I love seeing Han, Luke, and Leia together. Mm. You know, there's there's things like that. I love, you know, you watch it and you go, oh, that's Kashyyyk. That's the first time anyone ever saw it. It's the Wookiee planet. Like there's really foundational moments in it visually. So 
I, I, I like those type of things when you put it into, when you, you can step back and appreciate it more than just, okay, this is not great scripted content, but you can go, okay, here's what I'm looking at. And this is what it, like you can look around the room and take it all in and not worry about what they're saying. So I like those type of elements of it. Um, hmm. I mean, the, the battle for Endor, Caravan of Courage, Ewoks and Droids, the Great Heap, none of this stuff is that much better. Right. Right. It's a little bit better, but again, they're all, they all suffer from the time period in the format. You know, it's like, yes. let's make a TV movie and let's star Sindel and let's get Wilford Brimley. And he's not selling oatmeal, Damn. but he is, you know, <laughs> still diabetic. So yeah, it's <laughs> like, um, so you have these other curios from the past and let's be honest, like star Wars, it's a gold standard of, of entertainment. It's high, high quality that holds up, which is very rare for something from even the seventies or eighties to hold up cultural changes, style changes, mm. you know, the way people present their media, what, what constitutes a good film or great, an Oscar winning film from the thirties. You watch it now, people will be like, Oh, what is this? It's slow, but you know, you have to come at it with the right point of view. You know, mm. I love, yeah, well, I can watch all that stuff, but some people can't. It also matters what age you were. Cause like when Kyle said like, Oh, the battle of Endor, you know, is equally as bad. I like got secretly offended. Cause like that was the perfect <laughs> age when that came out. It's like, if you were like five to 10, they are better. And I yeah. like them. Yeah. But if you were to show that now to people, yeah. they'd yeah. be like, this is pretty awful. Like, but if, you know, but like the, like Dave Filoni and like, uh, you know, those guys that were like five to 10 when the special came out, they had, they revered it. Cause it was kind of like the only time they could watch it. They could, it's the only time outside the movie they could see Han Solo. And so like when I was watching like Ewoks, I mean, we had home video, but I remember watching like battle of Endor in a loop as a kid. Cause I was obsessed with like return of the Jedi. Cause I was, you know, I think I was five or six, but that it's that feeling. Like we talked about, like, I don't remember the first time I saw return of the Jedi or Kyle doesn't remember seeing, you know, the specifics of seeing star Wars. But remember this feeling of being with your family. And it was like, yeah. One of the few films that everyone could be into, and yeah. you wasn't you weren't slumming it. Like everyone legitimately was excited to see a Star Wars movie. Yeah. I, I don't know what that, that movie is back again. Is there a movie yeah, that true. gave us the feeling of Star Wars or a franchise? I mean, the closest we have would be the closest would be obviously when something like Infinity War came out, and there was a huge buzz. But they also had the twenty. All Lord of the Ring, but the MCU had 20 films to kind of propel it to that moment in terms of a film yeah, coming out yeah. and hitting the ground running. No, I mean, Lord of the Rings, maybe Harry Potter. But I don't think like, that you know, was, my again, mom wanted to see Star Wars movies. My sister, like random relatives wanted. I don't yes. know if those same people, if it's the full family cross section that was excited about Endgame. It was a lot oh, yeah. of like. That's true. Yeah. It's a full quadrant. Predominantly song, male. 14 to 20 something that went yep. multiple times and yes. Star Wars hit yep. that too. But I think Star Wars did hit grandparents and grandmas and moms and, you know, everyone was kind of going to it. Like it was a phenomenon as opposed to. I don't think you have. I mean, you've got this, you've got the split of you had Oppenheimer and Barbie where you could kind of divide that into, you know, your stereotypical kind of uh, demographics there. And they all went out on the same weekend and saved cinema, but you know, that was two separate things. As for one kind of unifying picture, I can't really think of one in recent years that's come out, which which isn't based on pre-existing IP or books or comics or anything, something new. I can't really think of one. And 
that is testament to, to obviously what Star Wars has given us. And like Luke said, and you've all kind of alluded to it, you know, the fact that we can still look back at the films for, for nearly 50 years on is something else. But the fact that we can talk about some kind of like kooky CBS special, which most of us, most of us probably listening didn't even know existed until maybe 15, 20 years ago is incredible. And you mentioned something, Carl, which uh, I found interesting earlier on also it needed more Osmonds. That makes everything better. Stick the Osmonds in it. It would have made it a lot better. But um, about the prequels, you said, I'm going to fix that in two minutes straight. The holiday special, if, I mean, of course it doesn't need fixing. It's, it's gold standard television. But if you could add anything into the holiday special, let's say they said, right, Carl, Jeremy, we're releasing the holiday special in, you know, 4K, HD and everything. But we want you to direct a, direct a sequence each. And it can be whatever you want, as weird as you want, and family-friendly for this show. What sequence would you put in there of anything you can think of? Does, does this Hit have me. to be with characters from 77 at your disposal, or is it... Nope. Anything you want now. Oh, they've, they've opened the door well, for you now. Go on. Like I can bring this one back from the dead. I can bring... Yep. Yeah, 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 nice I, first in, of mate. all, I think there has to be something with the Dianoga... Maybe uh, <laughs> something with, with the Dianoga. I know now she has a name and she's Force-sensitive. Uh, Uma, is she? I think her name was something like that. What? Yeah, it was in, it was yeah, in one of the like short Uma stories. or something, and, and she oh, wraps one of the... tentacles around Luke, and she senses Luke, too, is also Force-sensitive, so she really Yeah, I wasn't a fan of that, Luke. but... Um, so because he has a great destiny. Uh, That's it. Yeah. She lets him go. Um, I would say, all right, I want to do a sequel to the holiday special. I've always wanted to, and I, I want it to be more like um, a Christmas carol, like a proper Christmas special, because I think, you know, Christmas carol is one of the greatest... It's like you've got Homer in the Odyssey, you've got a Christmas Carol and Dickens and maybe like Muppets Tolkien Christmas and Lord Carol of the Rings, like the greatest stories of yeah, like to him. Western civilization. It's the best Christmas movie ever. <laughs> yeah, I would do um, the the Emperor gets visited by like th- three ghosts and <laughs> he has an opportunity to see another side of of himself on Life Day. But have you seen the uh, Lego Star that. Wars holiday I, special I, that came out in? Because that's not really I, did no. It's kind of yeah. Kyle. It, yeah, it's kind of similar. It's okay. kind of similar to what you've done. Ooh. And I would, by the way, strongly recommend it. Out of all of the, you know, which one, there? How many were there? Was just one holiday special? Just one. Yeah, because they've done they've done like summer vacation. They've done a few others like Lego stuff. Right. But Le- the Lego, you know, they they they've got a good sense of humor about a lot of things, even about like sequel stuff. Like there's a moment where Palpatine looks at the camera and he says, "Yeah, because once I die, that's it, right? Like I'm not coming back." You know, <laughs> yeah. and it just like looks at the camera. It's it's really good, really funny. I want Palpatine watching that VR thing in Kyle's in Kyle's <laughs> thing. Good, yeah. good. Yeah, at yeah. one point, someone <laughs> drops it off. Masameda drops off his present. And he's like, it's the hottest new <laughs> VR, boss. And he drops off this headset. And Palpatine's <laughs> like, I'll give it a... And then it's... it's <laughs> the dark side and it's Billie Eilish or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Billie Eilish! Some other crap. It's Dua Lipa like, dancing what is happening? <laughs> yeah, Dua Lipa. Uh, Jeremy, what, what would you add? So we've got a, a sequel, which is Palpatine yeah. being visited by the Force Ghosts. Uh, Jeremy, what... What would you ask? So mine, for, I'd like to go. Great. I'd like to go back in time and actually cast Robin Williams, who was potentially supposed to be in this, and see what they would have done. Because I think him in this would have been mm. maybe enough to kind of change the trajectory of it to some degree. I don't yeah. know. I mean, it still would have been a mess. But like, it's a musical it number. We're going to do Robin yeah. Williams is there to clean out the trash compactors, and he and Dianoga <laughs> yeah. sing a Christmas song together. Done. He's called Dianoga. Get her time machine. Let's go do it. <laughs> <laughs> 
Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, right. Well, listen, we've we've done we've done the serious stuff, yeah. Um, Boba Fett, Boba Fett. We're introduced mm. to Boba Fett. That's got to be worth something, right? With the holiday special, and later on, you know, we 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 see kind of is this Boba Fett or is this the Mandalorian? You know, he's kind of got, you know, the silver armor. He's got the right rifle. He's riding mm. in a huge water dinosaur thing. You know, the mythosaur. <laughs> is this just the Mandalorian? You know, did the holiday special give us way more than what people give it credit for? What do you think? Like, is that his I mean, legacy? Yeah, I mean, the Bo- Boba Fett's its legacy. If you, if you ask, like, what's the best thing that's resulted from this, it's Boba Fett being introduced as a character. That's, like, the easy yeah. everyone can agree with. Uh, I mean, the Mandalorian connection, I'm not quite as sure. But, I mean, I love the fact that, like, you know, Favreau put that, you know, the holiday references in the, yeah. in the Mandalorian. Because that, that's, that's where I first got excited about doing the documentary. Because when we saw that, it's like, oh, people care about this. Because the oh, people wow, okay. who were, you know, five and ten that saw the special are trying to inject it, these little references and like Easter eggs. And I find that super interesting. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's yeah. it's <laughs> I was like, no comment. <laughs> Next no, I, mean, <laughs> I just think like, like Jeremy said, I think sensing that, you know, JJ Abrams, all these people, they're they're not just talking about it, like they joke about it, but they 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 do have an affinity for it, you know? Yes. Uh, there's yes. some other people I know, big TV show people, like the biggest, like one of these guys, he, he messaged me the other day and he's like, you know, the holiday special was my favorite. And I was, I was like, wait, what? what? <laughs> like it was, it was like a dead serious thing. And, you know, I was like, okay. Wow. So I'm like, yeah, he's too embarrassed to, to reveal his name. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, I won't say it, but it was like, <laughs> it's one of the biggest shows ever, you know? And you're just like, okay, that's amazing. Then please do watch it. You're going to get a kick out of it, you know, mm-hmm. but people were affected by it, you know, and, and it filled this yeah. beautiful gap, like the gap beautifully for people when you didn't have action figures were just hitting shelves. You didn't really have a way to take star Wars home with you. You would, you would take wonder bread tie-ins or burger King cups or anything, you know, under ruse and special was like one of these only, you know, lifelines you had to keep yourself connected to it. You know, um, yeah, but it's like seeing those guys that, you know, are trying to keep Star Wars alive that are doing it, you know, have that warmth for it, even in a joking way, you know, I think that's all mm. impetus mm. for other people feeling like I can come out of the closet and say, I like this thing too now, you know? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's more and more people coming out saying that, especially with references in the Mando, you've mentioned it already. You go to Galaxy's Edge and you can get a chewy robe. You've got the orbs. You've got the Luki boys got the figure holidays. The holiday special is coming back, man. And it may never come out, come back officially, but it's, it's coming back. Um, for you guys, then my kind of, my last question, I know Luki boys got another, but is the, the artwork for this, but I think it's, is it Daniel? Is it Tenerelli who did the poster? Tenerelli. poster is yeah. out of this world. Good. I, I genuinely love the poster. Um, and I was looking for it online earlier and I see you can buy it. And I thought, well, can, I know what's going on. Yeah, I said on Etsy, exactly. I was like, I fancy yeah. one of those. Um, that to me, I don't know, just something about it because the, 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 the documentary is so well produced, so polished. It's very well made. The poster is incredibly well made as well. There's a real sheen of like, air of just quality about this. What's the one thing for you guys that you're most proud of having now done this? It's now 
out there in the open. Uh, by the time the show comes out, it is out there for people to watch. What are you most proud of having now uh, given this to the world? Uh, I mean, for me personally, so like I started out as an editor and then I kind of retired and I didn't plan on editing because it's just, it's too hard and time consuming. So the thing I'm most proud of is that I started editing this because I couldn't afford to pay someone to do it. And I just goes like, maybe I, I like knocked the rust off and I was like, oh, I can actually still edit. So, I mean, to me, that's the most proud of is just the editing of this, keeping it down to like 90 nice. minutes and pulling. Like, I think the thing that we did best is just getting all these materials and kind of collating it all together and presenting it in a matter where, uh, like, I don't think anyone knows everything. So everyone's going to get something new, but seeing it all together, kind of, you know, packaged, uh, telling a story, uh, it's just, it's really fun. And the, the thing that I've, I'm most proud of is that people who are not diehard Star Wars fans still found the film fun and interesting, yes. which I did. I, we did not, that was not a, a goal. That was like a side product. Like when we made Napoleon Dynamite, I didn't think anyone under 18 would have any interest in watching it. We're like, it's too, <laughs> it's too close to home. If you're in, if you're in school getting bullied, it's like not funny. And then we did like a high school screening and then like the 16 year olds loved it. So I, I don't, it's always funny seeing who reacts to the film and how you, you get surprised a lot. Nice. Yeah, I'd say it's the curation of like a lot of these clips you can find online, but they've never been aggregated and presented in such a way. And what Steve and Jeremy did here, and Jeremy as the editor, um, to give it a new life, to let mm. you look at it in a new context, to really set the stage for a time period mm. before you talk about the special. All those things are so important. So I'm really proud of how all this stuff is presented. It's also not a negative film. It's not a mean film. And in an era where everything is everything documentaries too are so overproduced. Everything's got like dramatic recreations. It's like, just shut up, tell the story, tell, have the person who lived it, tell me the story or don't dramatically recreate it. Just, it just feels so manufactured and cheap and inauthentic to me that this was just a economically produced, well told story it just makes me proud to be a part of it and it's also yeah. you know telling a, a, a important piece of star wars history that could easily be forgotten and doing it at the time you know right on the cusp of it it being almost impossible to do because getting you know a lot of these veterans to sit down and and have their story and their side of things documented was was really important um but my favorite stuff in it is probably jw J.W. Rinsler and, yeah. you know, I love his books mm. and he always brings great straight talking insight to stuff. And this was his last interview. Is that right? Like television interview before passing away? He died like, he died like two months after we did the interview. So, I mean, I guess, I, I guess he could have loaded up and done a lot more interviews, but I assume this yeah. is, if not his yeah. last close to it. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That, that is, that's something that I noted down that's on my notes you know i thought that was um a joy to see to be honest and i don't want to trivialize it obviously i want to treat it with uh and and you know everyone with the deepest respect family with respect but um it was really nice to see you know uh, jw rinsler pop up talk about some star wars and yeah it was it was really sweet and like you said the positivity just oozed from it despite the fact we all know what it's about yeah, we all know what yeah. it's about. We all know the deal. It's not, it's, it's, but it's still, you can still celebrate it. Yeah. You can still dive into, well, how does something like this happen? 
And that's kind of, that leads me to my last kind of big boy question before, if by the way, you've got time, we want to just spend a few minutes, like a little questionnaire, just to, just quickly. Yeah, a little game. We usually play a game on our show to end the show. And if you're, if, if that's cool with you, we'll ask just one more serious one. So let's say we've got people, uh, listening who have never seen the holiday special. They know of it. Maybe they've just powered through a minute or two before going, nah, can't do this. Can't do this today. I've got to crack on with work and, and live my life before I jump off a building after seeing too much of the holiday special. What do you watch? first do you watch a disturbance in the force the documentary yes. you guys have made or do you watch the holiday special first you got to watch this first i think yeah, yeah. and and i'd actually maybe watch this only and then watch you have, if, you're mean, gonna watch really it, if you're gonna watch it watch this first because most people are gonna have no no foundation yeah. which to experience it you know, um, it's one thing to see little clips of it, but to sit and watch, you know, an hour and nearly two hours is um, you're going to flounder through it. You need, I think, some context and then you're going to go, oh, this scene. OK, and then you can watch it because it, it, most things I would say, watch the thing first and then hear the the analysis. But yeah. um, it, this is such one of those rare cases where I think you have to hear it analyzed in order to help you have the fuel to suffer through it. Like context. Yes. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Thank you so much, guys, for answering all of our questions on the documentary, on the holiday special, and your passion for Star Wars is clearly apparent. Um, but let's get let's get to the juicy stuff. Let's get to the meat. Yeah, let's get to the, yeah, the yeah. meat and the potatoes, right? Ooh. We'll start with Jeremy. This is the questionnaire. You know, we're going to play some, you know, quirky. Is this a game or a test? A bit, a bit of both, mate. A bit of both. Yeah. We'll see. Just go in, go in with yourself, yeah, and oh, yeah. see what happens. It's like Luke, yeah, going into that little cave, right? Yeah. Jeremy, which lovable Wookiee from the holiday special do you see yourself in the most? And it can't be Chewbacca. That's a boring answer. No. Well, it's not Melitobak, so let's go. Uh, I mean, the one I see myself in is probably Lumpy. I mean, I don't want to be itchy so scary. I do not want to be that. So it's like, yeah, I mean, Lumpy's who I kind of empathize with and just, you know, yeah. more fun. I mean, Lumpy's probably one of the best characters out of that series outside Boba Fett. Probably. Like, I wish they had made the Lumpy. Yeah. It's just, I mean, if you notice like on our web, on our Facebook page, like that's what we have up is, is Lumpy because it's instantly associated with the holiday special. Yeah. He's the poster boy, isn't he? He's the yeah. poster he's, boy. Everyone he's loves the beefcake Lumpy. of it, isn't he? He's the proper and, play, and played by a woman. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes, yeah. <laughs> which is a fun fact for behind the scenes as well, which yeah. I didn't know until uh, no. until viewing. So, uh, Jeremy, yeah. good answer. Love that one. Kyle, over to you. We've already uh, kind of alluded to this, but when Luke Skywalker was probed on the whereabouts of Chewie in the holiday special, it did look like he was hiding something, possibly the murder of Chewie. So mm. if Luke were to have murdered Chewie, and that look in his eyes said he did, how would he have done it, and where would he have hidden the body? Yeah. Oh, my man one, was spaced it? out. Well, assuming he didn't have like access to a disintegration thing, he probably would have had to saber him up, and he'd probably be maybe air drying him to make jerky out of him. Yeah, classic. <laughs> <laughs> I did classic. not see that coming. <laughs> I like that one. It, was, it would taste a bit chewy, wouldn't it? Uh, oh. <laughs> 
<laughs> Someone had to say it. Come on, Matt loves it. Matt, Matt reads like it. dad jokes like day and night. Dad he, 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 he loves it. Right, back to you, Mr. Jeremy. Um, yeah. If you could have played a role in the holiday special, what role would you have played? Oh, man. We're swapping you out. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to, like... Uh, Leia. It's Leia, right? Yes, yeah, so, uh, C-3PO. <laughs> no, it's the... Uh, yeah... I think it'd be, I, I want to play the uh, the uh, Rain Master, the green guy on the table, the hollow holograms. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I just find that, that that's probably. I mean, I don't, I, as much as I would not like to be in tights, I'd like to work out and get there. But like I, that that character, I just find he doesn't say a word, but he has such a presence. <laughs> You've no. got to pull the punters in, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. I agree. Jeremy in tights. And there was a cartoon that, that had him in, wasn't it? What was it? That Street Futurama. It was Futurama. Futurama. Mate, Man. absolutely brilliant. Loved it. Yeah, loved Imagine it. Imagine trying yeah. to explain that in the writer's room. Uh, Kyle, yeah. we're taking you back to 77, 78. Um, you get to cast someone in the holiday special. So you're in 77 or 78. You've got to cast someone from that time. Who would you cast? And listen, we, we know you want it to be, but you can't have it be Elton John. So who mm. would you cast from that time to be in the holiday special? Mm. Oh, I would say okay. First, for the to just have it come to fruition, you'd have to do the Robin Williams thing, just because it was yeah. on the table's potential. And seems like I would say David Bowie. That's who I. Would I was, oh. was going to say, but personally, I would pick Bowie because um, yeah. I'm a huge Bowie fan. And yeah. there was that uh, Smith Hemian connection, and I was like, why? Yeah. Why is Bowie in this? You know, how incredible would that be if like. David yeah. Bowie was like some weird crime lord or something just strange out of left field <laughs> that Chewbacca and uh, Han Solo, they they encounter, he they owe him money or Han was supposed to drop something yeah. off and he's like, he's waiting for it, but he's angry because Han didn't deliver the goods, but Han's got to get a, got the other side of the galaxy. And so Bowie sends his goons after him. Like, it's like a precursor of or something. Yeah. Labyrinth is basically the holiday special episode too. But I would tone really. down his hair. I would go like man who fell to earth hair, oh. not labyrinth hair. Oh, okay. Can you imagine Han Solo face to face with David Bowie? That I can. would be would have been awesome. I've been I'm here sick. for it. Yeah. I'm here for it. Right. Now this is for both of you guys. It's short and sweet. This is the last question. Describe the holiday special and your documentary, A Disturbance in the Force using only one word. Jeremy, you want to kick us off, mate? <laughs> uh, I'd say fun. Fun. I like that. Yeah. I'd say hilarious. I'd say bonkers. Ooh, bonkers. Ooh. Yeah. Is, <laughs> I would say delicious. What would you say, Matt? Delirious, because after the first 20 <laughs> minutes, I wasn't sure what was coming out the telly but it i saw i stuck it through the uh, disturbance in the force though is such a fun such a loving tribute to one of the weirdest certainly probably the weirdest uh project in star wars history and as we've mentioned it is now out for you guys to watch december the 5th coming out on digital and on blu-ray uh guys if you wouldn't mind what what if if i go and buy buy the blu-ray tomorrow what am i getting on it you're going to be disappointed. It's just the movie. So like oh. my answer, why we don't have extras is that 
we feel everything we wanted is in the movie. So I started doing extras and I'm just kind of like, this feels just like garbage that wasn't in the movie. I read that uh, part that you were so, going to do it then. Well, here's the, yeah, here's we looked I, into would, it. Yeah. I, I think, um, yeah, there was some stuff that didn't make it in, but like I said, it, it kind of takes the beauty out of the simplicity of the 90 minutes. Um, the great show. And I would just hope, forget our special that Kenner Hasbro puts out five pack with Cormanda. Oh, mate. Akmina. Come on. Itchy, Mala, and Lumpy. You can buy it. And like now they're putting four or five in a set, you know, and you Come get them on vintage parts. They come in a box. Yeah. Why would they not be doing this? No brainer. No brainer. It, the, Come on. A, it is a good point though, because it would sell. How, it how, how do they special life days? It would sell it would out. It would be bonkers. insane. And we'd all have one. There we you go. Put a, you could put a new Boba Fett in that pack. I have two of those in the other room. So <laughs> you could put a new Boba Fett in that pack, put six of them. Oh my God. People would buy. Done. Come on. Be Art Carney as well. Come on. Come on. It's happening. Yep. There was a really good, there was a few uh, holiday special uh, cosplays at Celebration in London this yeah. year. And it was, it was just sensational. You know, Star Wars is beautiful. Um, you guys have been wonderful. You've been great guests and people, by the way, digital, uh, they can find that on a disturbance in the force. They can find it on Apple TV plus, right? Where else Apple can they TV, find it? It's Apple TV, Amazon, Prime, like pretty much any place you can like buy or rent movies. But right. I think Voodoo is just America or Google play. Yeah. Okay. Amazing. Yeah. Thank you so much, gentlemen. And Thank hopefully, you guys so much. Yeah, hopefully we'll have you on another time. And when you're in London, we'll go for that curry and a pint and maybe see Arsenal, Kyle, or maybe a better football team. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> we'll get Jeremy interested in real football. Yeah, that's it. Yes. football. Yeah, we got to work on that. It'll be fun. Time. That's it. Thank you so <laughs> much, guys. Thank you, yeah, guys. Cheers, so guys. Thanks for having us. Appreciate yeah, it. Lads. Bye. Bye. Hi, this is Jamie Stangroom. This is Matt Tyler. This is Dominic Pace. This is Details. This is Christopher Sean. This is Araida Cordova, author of Crash of Fate and The High Republic Convergence. And you're listening to Star Wars Sessions, probably Britain's greatest Star Wars podcast. Mate, what a chat that was. Jeremy Kuhn, Kyle Newman, thank you so much for coming on, chatting, a disturbance in the force, like the lad said. You can now own it on Blu-ray, go buy it, or you can mm. download it or rent it on digital on all good platforms. 90 minutes, holiday special, Star Wars, Chewy, Lumpy, all the man then, it's worth your time. What great chat, mate. I know, mate. And, and so much think fun. about it, there, there, there's usually, you know, new Star Wars this time of year, or at least I was saying that actually <laughs> to old, uh, old Dan, so good, Sexton. We didn't, we haven't had a go so on player. Yeah. Good. We, we were saying no- to each other earlier, we're like, oh, we're nostalgic for this time of year and Star Wars, you know, just that feeling of, oh, Last Jedi, oh, Rise of Skywalker, oh, yeah. Force Awakens. It's magical, Double. isn't it? And, Rogue One. um, Look, if you're missing that and you want something new, honestly, at some point in the coming weeks, especially if you're off, you know, put a disturbance on in, in, in the force on. You know, you won't regret it. It's, it's a really, really fun, good watch. And my favorite thing about it is that it explains, it gives a little bit of context as to how this all happened, right? And I think that came off yeah. in the interview, but... Yeah, yeah. Um, it was. Yeah, we 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 did a classic, didn't we? We 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 asked people about the holiday special on socials, didn't we, mate? 
We did, mate. So it's a good thing we have pulled up uh, the Essex Falcon outside of Ooh. my favourite dusty drinking hole, which of course we call the Bantina. And the only question that remains for us now is, <clears throat> shall we? Oh, let's do it. Ah, to celebrate the closing of our shared narrative. Can I persuade you to join us for a drink? Absley, give me the spiciest drink you've got. Pour me another Park Kellen sling. Where are you going, master? For a drink? Yes, drink, drink, itchy, lumpy, mala, chewy, and the other one. Yes, the holiday special. Here we are in the Bantina. We're getting boozed up. <laughs> People are pouring drinks into each other's heads. We are loving life oh. here in the Bantina. And each week here in our favourite establishment, the Bantina, we hear from you guys, the greatest listeners in the galaxy. We have a couple of Kef beers, and we want to hear your thoughts on what we've been discussing. So this week, we ask for your favourite moments from the Star Wars holiday Special, Lukey boy, t- take us away, mate. Prepare, prepare uh, <laughs> to kick us off this week. Adventures yeah. by Jess, our friend of the show over in the US, says yeah. that maybe the fifty minutes of shiri work is it shiri <laughs> shiri work, isn't it? Basically, that is that is the pronunciation, isn't it? It's, it's, I think it's so. the Wookiee language. Yeah, I'd totally forgotten that is the name for the Wookiee lang- language. Yep. By the way, it's shiri work. Um, with no subtitles in sight. Jess, you're bang on the money. Uh, Danny Fandoms, absolute legend. The cooking scene. Zoe Trope Guardian says the Boba Fett cartoon, since it was the precursor to the Ewoks and Droids cartoons. Princess Leia singing is pretty special too. Miss you, Carrie. Um, yeah. That's a really good point that this special, once again, it didn't just give birth to stuff that we see in The Mandalorian, it's all of those cartoons. And they're deliciously retro, I suppose. Mm-hmm. There's a yeah. few comments about, um, you know, the granddad and the VR scene, which I can't explicitly say the comments because, you know. Um, but anyway, the Phantom fanboy says the mythical legacy this caused by word of mouth, followed by exciting rumors that there were VHS copies, then the manic networking trying to get a hold of a copy. That was magical. What a lovely insight into those dark times and almost the mythology behind the holiday special. Yeah. Like, no, it wasn't real. It's not real. No, no, no. It didn't actually happen. You know, it's a myth like Luke Skywalker. It's a myth. So coming in strong, mate, with those retro memories. Absolutely love it. Matty boy, what else are people saying on Twitter and Facebook? Uh, Grogu fanboy said uh, he loved the live action OT content, seeing Kashyyyk for the first time. Mm-hmm. Uh, B. Arthur and all of Lumpy's scenes, Harrison's haircut, uh, B. Arthur dancing with Ponda Baz- Baba's cousin, Fonda Baba, Carrie singing the Life Day Carol, Boba Fett's origin <laughs> cartoons, and Darth Vader, Vader content. Darth Vader. Um, James says, James Games 5 UK, there's a surprising amount of world build- building in it. The idea of Life Day, Kashyyyk and Chewie's family. Also, the stir whip scene is fun. Uh, well, yes. Um, uh, do droids, do droids dream it. of electric banther? What a great uh, name that is. He said, uh, my favourite part was when it ended. I was horrified as a child. I couldn't wait to see it. And then it came on and reality hit. I <laughs> actually love that. The idea of being a kid and being like, yeah, man, this is going to be great. And now, nah, same with Blue Jedi. Favourite part, the time when I hadn't seen it. Um, uh, my man, 
Yeah, there, there, well, there is a whole episode of the Goldbergs about that, yeah. where Adam is like, oh, <laughs> I've got the holiday special. He kind of can't believe that it's rubbish it because there was so yeah. much hype around it. Uh, and of course, Adam F. Goldberg was a producer on A Disturbance in the Force. And the boys yep. mention him in the interview, you know, by, by, you know, first name. But that is Adam Goldberg from The Goldbergs. So, That's yeah, it, really cool. Sorry, mate. Just wanted to chat. Yeah, no, no. It's true, the, me. the mythology and the mysticism of this thing is real, especially in the 90s when it was harder to just burn something on a disc. That's certainly the early 90s anyway. Um, and finally, from Facebook, here's a nice comment from K.M. Wright said, I unironically love the whole thing. As cringeworthy and cheesy and bizarre as it is, I admire it as an attempt to figure out what works and what doesn't with this phenomenon that was still so new. Unfortunately, within a format, that's just so dated. But my favourite single aspect would have to be the introduction of Life Day itself because it now has its legacy across Star Wars ever since, from Legends to Canon. The incredible, purely fan-driven annual tradition of Life Day celebration at Galaxy's Edge is just wonderful, showing the best of this fandom coming together in this incredible playground in our favourite universe, gleefully celebrating the central piece of even the most maligned part of the franchise. Something beautiful about that, I think. Kai, mm. very well said, mate, and let's end on a nice note. Like like the, like the documentary itself, it's not poking fun, it's having fun with the holiday special. That's a wonderful <laughs> comment to uh, finish off with there. Kai, we've got loads of good comments, though, mate, didn't we? Probably a, ni- a nice balance this time, would you say, more so than not, in terms of people saying, yeah, this is waff too. I love it. I know. It's it's so odd seeing different relationships with the holiday special, but I do think it's changing. I think the relationship with it and it, it, the fandom with, with the holiday special is changing. It's evolving. <laughs> um, yeah. And at that, you know with the internet there's more access to it you know we're talking about people are talking about it people are going to galaxy's edge and doing whole nights on celebrating life day so well, naturally people are going to be asking questions aren't they they're gonna be what's this about yeah. what's that about? you know so yeah very unusual mate but i'm i'm so happy to be back here in the pilot seat you know of the potty chat chatting the holiday special almost weird. a year later or well a little over a year later Pretty uh, much. After just our, yeah, the holiday special special episode that we did. It was so, great fun that was as well. We just watched it, it out of few vinos. This may become an annual tradition. The second mm. year in a row we've done something holiday specialish and listen, if we can keep that flame burning, we will do, but don't at us if you don't like it because mm. Star Wars in it. But then yeah, we've got so many cool comments, both sides of the equation, very respectful people having a bit of fun with the weirdest bit of content we've ever had and probably will ever have but thank you to everyone who sent in their comments this week and if you didn't hear your comment featured please do continue to send in your thoughts and maybe you'll be featured on an upcoming stint in the bantina for extra content go to patreon.com forward slash star wars sessions you know it's gonna be so good best podcast best podcast best podcast yes. that's right it's part of the but 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 bantina i was just thinking mate i was like is cool. you know in in modern star wars and or maybe even since you know the disney takeover or the 2000s is the book of boba fett like the closest thing we've had Ooh. to the holiday special you know, like live action, maybe. 
in like the best way possible maybe by far i think i'd say there's nothing remotely weird like that in kenobi ahsoka we look we obviously we said he gets weird but he doesn't get weird anything like that boba fett just that second episode in itself is probably just as weird as lizard some of the holiday specials then you get the vespers and all the rest of the stuff i think you might be right mate in terms of like yeah. this kind of spiritual mystical trip i don't think anything amando beats it either which is what you know the holiday special is is just you know it's a journey it's yeah wild yeah it's wild right uh patron questions to kick Ooh. us off this week is stevie d who stevie asks d. lads lads we all adore the wars but what film or tv series do you go to to recharge those power cells when all that content and fandom from the galaxy far far away gets a little too much well first of all stevie it never gets too much for me mate yeah i love it just inject (laughs) it into my veins no right anyway go stevie goes on to say for me it's bond being a fan since the first 007 film and i saw it back when sir rog had the walter Walther. The what? The what? The Walther. The Walther. Explain that to me. What am I missing? He loves it. I thought I thought it was a typo at first. I was like, what's you know, does he mean Walter? Anyway, Bond's just a British icon, and to be honest, we'd all like to be a little bit like him. Keep it a spy safe, fellas. Uh what are you saying, mate boy? Do you like a bit do you like a Walter? Okay. (laughs) I love Walter. Okay, let's go. Um (laughs) uh, I'm so glad people get that. Um yeah no I I do love a Walther. Uh no I've never held a Walther before. Uh Bond's a good shout but I'm also I'm a little bit up and down on Bond because as much as they mm. are a British institution, I'm sorry to say this DVD, I think some of them are a bit pap. Um, they do get Ooh. overly camped to the point where I think I prefer Austin Powers to some of them. However, you know, there are some fantastic ones. Three of the five Craig ones are great, if you ask me. The first the first few uh, Brosnan ones are great. I like Timothy Dalton's um, film. Um, and again, yeah, some of the Connerys and Moors are good, but it's a mixed bag for me. It's not one I often run back to watch. So uh, for me, uh, no, not really any TV series because I lack self-respect and integrity, unlike most of you lot who can actually follow series. But I'm, I'm very much more of a binger. I love the week-to-week Star Wars things, but for certain series, I say that, but I've still only watched season one of Stranger Things, I like to just be able to watch them. Because if I watch three episodes and I'm like, yeah, this is cack, at least I haven't waited three weeks. So, um, no, in terms of TV, I probably should watch more than... But the thing is, I'm, I'm so far gone that there's too much for me to catch up on. That's what I'm yeah. saying. But I will watch Stranger Things. Um, for, um, and for, it's film, films, most films that come out for me, I'll just watch anything that comes out. I love films. For comfort, yeah. my, my comfort films are weird. You know, I'm a weird, I like a good old horror film for me or a mm. franchise. I'll put one of the Scream films or something because I've seen them many, many times and I just enjoy the, the metaness of them on the fun and the comedy and the horror side of it. Um, so for me, I like I just put a stick of horror film on, and I'm happy as Larry. Maybe a comedy here and there, or or the before trilogy, because I like to torture myself. But I don't really have many comfort films or go to films that are outside of the wars. Like you said, it ain't ever, ever going to get old, mate. So no, you know, I'm more likely to stick on an, an Ark of Andor, some Mando, or a prequel or sequel film, or something like Empire. But then I am anything else because I know what I'm going to get. But outside of that yeah i mean it's a bit of a mixed bag mate it's kind of whatever i feel like usually in the horror genre but 
TV I need to get better with, mate. Even then, Stranger Things, horror genre. I'm a little bit one-track when it comes to things outside of the walls. But, yeah, no, I think you probably have a little bit more focus in terms of what you watch. Your focus determines your reality because, obviously, mm. you, you, you've got early helping to steer that ship of what you watch as well. So, for me, <laughs> a little bit here, a little bit there, but that's kind of me in a nutshell. What about yourself, though, mate? Yeah, I, I love a lot of television. Um, I love The Crown, Stevie D, that is one of like my favourite. Yeah, it is, mate. Last season. Uh, that is one of my favourite shows ever. I love that. Um, and like Mayboy said, you know, uh, Stranger Things. I love a lot of pop culture stuff. I'll give anything a go. I loved Severance on Apple TV this year. That was maybe one of the the, the best uh, shows I've seen maybe ever. But it's not everyone. It's not up everyone's street. Um, loved it though really really enjoyed that I love a lot of classic British TV you know Only Fools and Horses Gavin and Stacey Blackadder yes Uh, The Office of course The British Office the only one there's so many and even you know um, Cole and his friends are all very familiar and you've got people in 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 a disturbance in 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 the force who are who are connected to shows like the big bang theory and the big bang theory is even you know shown in the documentary a couple times because they refer to the holiday special you know i I don't think it's the funniest show in the world but it's comfort tv for me there's something about i can just shove it on in the background and i think actually the americans are pretty good at that that's something that you you guys have a knack with just you know sitcom sometimes it's bled a little bit dry like does a season need to go on to a show need to go for 10 seasons no doesn't um cut it cut it when it needs to be cut the american office great example of that does not did not need to go on for yeah what is it the uk one is superior in every way my wife would disagree though but when it comes to film stevie i love lord of the rings i love so many films i love comedy i love a lot of john hughes films you know trains planes and automobiles or planes trains and automobiles um there's just so much to name but if i'm being completely honest mate if I go for one of my infusions or if I'm ill, it is Star Wars, mate. Yeah. It is Star Wars. And I feel like with the new catalogue of content, Mando, Ahsoka, even the animated stuff, mate, Rebels, I'll put that on. I'll mm-hmm. put that on. I'd be like, right, gonna gonna watch this arc, like you said, Andor. Oh, dude. There's just I uh, and that is something that I'm very grateful for, even though, you know, we have had a lot of content, you know, in recent years. It is kind of cool to have that kind of catalogue where you can still live in that Star Wars universe and have yeah. those different flavours for for whenever you fancy, depending on your mood, depending on your personality. So, Stevie, cheers for the question, mate. Really appreciate mm. it. Hopefully you've got to uh, get, get to know us a little bit better. And actually, a lot of our Patreon stuff, we do talk about other things we watch, comic book stuff as well. You know, I'll give it a go. Give anything a go, mate. So, me, yeah. Me loves it. Yeah. to be fair mate actually Lord of the Rings should have been on there because whenever that's on I mean I mean 100% yeah, I can't same. not to the music yeah. everything mate I cry to the music every time because oh, I amazing. am that soft but you didn't wait, watch Rings it. of Power you didn't watch you know I got you halfway didn't... through but the magic wasn't oh. there man but I will watch it so I think that's what it was the magic didn't feel there whereas the Jackson ones and even like the animated ones of old there's a ma- there's a whimsy or a magic to them one of, you know, depending on which one you're watching I think, I think I'm more much up on it I'm more up on it than you are, but I but I know what you mean. Like I I, I, I think I, I enjoyed it more it, than. Yeah, you should. You I, should. I need to finish. I it. think I enjoyed it more than a lot of people, to be honest. But I think yeah, I uh, yeah, I get it. 
I get that. It's no Mandalorian, it. is it? It's no Andor. It's no, yeah? it's no Andor, is it? No, I'll watch it for you guys, though. Um, no, no. And let you know what I thought. Maybe on a jibber-jabber, Rings of Power special. Ooh. Give me a year or two to actually sit down and watch it. So, uh, Stevie D, though, mate, great question. Like Luke said, I hope you enjoyed our answers and got to know a bit more behind the curtain there. Uh, next Ooh. up is, <laughs> he calls himself Matthew Bell. We know him here at Sessions HQ as Big Boy Bell. Big yeah, Boy Bell do. said, Hi, lads. I know that you're both as excited as me about Andor Season 2. Yep. Season 1 was incredible, and, this, and the footage from Season 2 from the Andor panel at Celebration looked at least as good as what we've already had. However, it still looks as if there aren't a whole load of alien characters. If Tony Gilroy got on the blower to you guys and asked for some suggestions for pre-existing non-human characters to include, who are mm. your suggestions? Only one rule, though. No Dexter Jetster. Big Tone's already got him lined up for a role as the guy that wins the catering contract for the Death Star. So, Lukey Boy, pre-existing non-human characters in Andor, uh, who would you include, mates? It's a classic. It's a classic. Um, right, I've got three answers for you. Go on. And it goes bronze, silver, gold. Okay? Bronze is a yak face. Put a yak face <laughs> in there. It's iconic. The people love it. Give the people what they want. Yeah? Yak face. Bronze. Podium. Silver. It's got to be a Gorindan. Or Gorindan. <laughs> Those guys. Yeah? A snoot. A long snoot. And we got a bit of that in Mando, didn't we? See, episode Indeed. one, season one. Good show. Yeah, we did. Deep cut. Shove it. Shove it in Andor. Why okay. not? Now, gold, my top place, I think is a nod to the theme of Andor and therefore the theme of Rogue One and I know that it ties more into Return of the Jedi but I think this is the perfect place to see one of these it's a Bothan a Bothan spy or just mm. you know a Bothan like let's see our first on-screen Bothan like why not it's so I think that's pre-existing because it's in law we've seen illustrations and yeah. uh, depictions of it online and in books so uh, there are my answers, mate. What would you say? We know we love a creature, don't we? We love an alien. Do you think I love an alien more than you sometimes? I, I think you do. I think you're more, much more mm. vocal than it about I am because I can be sometimes a bit funny because if they look a bit ropey, then I, don't, I just don't like them. Well, I wish I hadn't done that. But for the most part, there's not really any aliens I look at and think, I don't actually like the look of that. So, but no, I do love an alien. However, I can't, I can't beat a Bothan. I'll say that right now. That would yeah. be a tremendously fun deep cut especially because yeah. we can picture them getting massacred as they go for the Death Star se- uh, season 2 Death Star part 2 plan um, <laughs> season 2 um, so I can't beat Bothans I've also got three mate I've got I never remember their names I've got the Irish monkeys from the Clone Wars <laughs> oh. I don't know what they're called just Irish monkeys um, <laughs> I, could, they'd be, I can't remember they're from, they're from like someone called Nacadir or something like that but the Irish monkeys I'd like to see them again um, they're from Doug. Limerick, mate. They're from Limerick. They're from Limerick, yes. They're yeah. from just shy of Dublin. Um, I'd like to see some Dugs, <laughs> like Sebulbas. Uh, a couple of those. We don't see enough Dugs anymore. We see them mentioned in books and that, but I want to see a Doug. And this one is a little bit more vague, but it kind of actually bounces anti of what you've just said, which is so interesting, because yours had a very OT flavour, flavour flavour to it. Whereas I've just put... Ah, mix of sequel and prequel aliens to connect the trilogies outside of the OT because we Good see show. so many OT aliens I've seen, I know we love a Rodian Rodian I've seen enough oh, of those guys now 
We've seen enough OTLs. Give me I mean, someone. Whoa, give me whoa, whoa, someone whoa, from the sequels. Uh, Matt, what? <sighs> We've never seen enough Rodians, mate. Well, uh, yeah, okay. Let Come me on. take that back. We, I could, I could Come have a, a bevy of Rodians for the rest of my life, yes, and I'll be thank happy. You. But thank you. I mean, a lot of our listeners love a Twilight. You know, great, but we've seen many, many Twilights. Give us something from the sequels. Give us someone from the prequels, but only the ones that yeah. have shown up in those things. And they'd be like, yeah, I'd love to see that. Um, just to connect the trilogies, because I love the OT. I genuinely do. It's what I first saw in terms of Star Wars. And so much is sitting around there. But give us something that connects a little bit. Oh, let me see one of those Aki Aki fellas. I think we saw one in Obi Wan. Oh. Let me see one in Andor. Or, the, or like B- Bulio, who got his head cut off by Carlo Ren and Tross. Let me see him. Or one of those. One, one of on. his kind. And then some of the prequel guys, like a Doug. Let's see that Doug. Let's see those guys, mate. And the Irish monkeys. That's what yeah. I want, mate. Why not? A weird mixture. I loved when the dudes in the, in, in the quarry are in Andor. You know? <laughs> it's, My and days. it felt so weird, didn't it? Because it oh. felt so out of place, given the, t- the tone of the show, but... It reminded us just where we were. But, I, I, listen, I'll say this. It could have been, and I know some people weren't a fan. I was a huge fan. Because, ultimately, I thought, mate, they were pretty well executed. Yeah. The puppetry. There we go. Well, the old voice. The voices. Ooh. I was like, yeah, this works. This is sick. Weird, yeah. I'm here yeah. for it. We needed yeah. it. And it did need it. I, love, I loved it being un-Star Warsy in a way. But you've got to have you've got to have those sprinkles in there, man. And even if it's like a weird alien in the quarry, we got it. And I'm pleased. I do think we are going to get more in season two. Don't know what, don't know how, but I think we will get a few more. I think even Gilroy's even said, as much as he's not the biggest fan of the aliens, he he's working in this sandbox. He knows they're part of the world. I think we're going to be getting some more, mate. But cut, yeah, check back probably hope, maybe this time next year for our and/or hype episode. For me, looking forward to season two, mate. But yeah, you know, this it. is it, my friend. Usually now. We'd be closing the door to the Bantino, and don't worry, we are going to be doing that. Bartender, sorry about the mess. We're coming back next week for another dirty stint here in the Bantina. But we're not ending on a game. Do you know why, Luke? Already done we had one. a brilliant game with Jezza yeah. and Carl, didn't we? What a great game Jezza. that was. A lot of fun. They, Jezza and Carl got stuck in, didn't they? Oh, mate. I mean, it was it's so cool to talk to those guys. You know, the producer of Napoleon Dynamite and Carl Newman, you know, creator of Fanboys. You know, this is just, you do have to pinch yourself. Do you do you find that, mate? I'm like, it's man, fun, I'm yeah. just I mean, sitting there some talking of the stuff to these done. dudes. Like Napoleon Dynamite, man. I've been watching that like, nearly 20 years ago, like we were saying off air. It's wild. And like Carl Newman's done films for like, A24 with Hayley Steinfeld here. And I'm like, yeah, man. He's done so much like, outside of this kind of pop culture niche maybe he's known for. And it's cool to get there uh, in the perspective. Taylor Swift. Carl Newman has directed music videos for Taylor Swift. He has. Check out next week when she's a guest on the show. Spoiler. Mm. Yeah, Swift. Could you imagine? Yeah, boy. yeah. Tell us about Star Wars. What? Oh. <laughs> maybe, she, maybe she's a huge Star Wars fan. I don't know. Mm. Maybe she can bring Travis, what his name is, on her boyfriend, pop culture reference there. Oh, yeah, well, so Travis Kelso, I think his name is from the Kansas City Chiefs. And uh, yeah, NFL player, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not yeah, even yeah, a Swifty, but it's so much so out there. Even I know that. And I'm just a, an old man with anti-aging face serum next to him. And I know just, what's going on. 
Well, listen, I'll leave no game this week, but I'll leave you guys with this. Yeah. Game. My most game, my most listened to artist on my Spotify. And I share my Spotify with my missus. Yeah. So we literally use the same account. <laughs> share mine and my kid. And we've done we've done that for like years and we and it kind of works and we like that we can do it. But it's anyway. Very sweet. She has her playlists, I have my playlist. Our most listened to artist this year was John Williams. Yeah. And I Guess think who my mine was four- my fourth was was Nicholas Brattel. Yours was Taylor Swift. Yes, and Travis. Mine was John Williams as well. You're joking. 100%. Because what I do, mate, is sometimes I'll, I'll either put it on when I'm working or, or, or yeah. doing stuff, writing, or when I'm going to sleep. I'll just, you know, sometimes I'll be a bit naughty, put Spotify on in the background, and it'll be it'll be a Star Wars movie yeah. because it's comforting, it's soothing, I know what I'm going to get. And that's why otherwise it'd be you know, one of other artists or bands, but... John Williams for like the second or third year in a row is my top artist I, simply because of that. Yeah, big time. And my Timeless, number man. one, my number one song, my number one song was oh. the Andor theme from episode one. That was the most listened to song on both of our on on, on our shared account. Yeah, the number one song was the Andor theme. And I think a lot of that was when I went up to London that time, and I was like, right, I'm going to hit up some Andor <laughs> spots today. I listened to that on loop. That's on loop. So I've, cool. I, I've listened to it a lot of times outside of that too. But yeah, yeah man. Like, I think my, yeah. I don't know what my most listened to John Williams. My most listened to Star Wars song was one of the Ooh. ones off the Survivor soundtrack, Jedi Survivor, Jedi Survivor. Ooh. Um. But for John Williams, it's a kind of a mix, a confluence of stuff because I just yes. press play when I'm asleep and it's just, yeah, take your pick. Um, but man, Star Wars music, mate, even even that, so you, Nicholas Brattel, the lads from the Star Wars Jedi games and John Williams all kind of come together to make our listening. Like, like Magic, the episode we did the other week. Music outside John Williams. You know, the, mm. ga- the musical galaxy is growing. You'll never beat the maestro, but the galaxy is growing, man. That melting pot is coming together. You've, you've charmed me. You've charmed me. Yeah, listen, uh, episode, what are we on? 226? 226, yes, mate. In the bag. In the bag. What an episode. What a load of fun. What a load of laughs. Loved it. Thanks again to Kyle and Jeremy for coming on. I'd love to get them on again. Particularly Kyle. I liked that, you know, what he said, I'll be able to fix the prequels or something. I'm I'm intrigued by that. You're all over that, aren't you? Let's, yeah, I want to dig more into that, you know, so... (laughs) Let's get get him back on. Obviously, uh, fanboys, go watch that. Go support. Please go support A Disturbance in the Force, guys. It is genuinely such a good watch. December. Get it on. Get it on your screens. Do it. Have a couple of brandies and just enjoy it for what it is. A, a Star Wars documentary without the cynicism. You know, immerse yourself back in the good times. Go check that out at all good places where you could download digital copies and on all online platforms. Support independent if you can. But if not, buy it wherever you can and enjoy a bit of odd Star Wars history. But that's going to do it then for this episode of Star Wars Sessions. Like Luke said, if you're listening before, we're going to be in Croydon this Saturday, um, sticking microphones in old actors' faces. So come along and check us out. Yeah, the we fun are. definitely doesn't end here, doesn't end there, never ends. No one's ever really gone. Where can the world find us? Master Blywalker. They can find us at starwarsessions.co.uk. Search for us on X, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, threads, social media. Just search Star Wars Sessions and you'll find us there. Drop us a voice note or an email 
to our email address, which is Uh-oh. hello there at starwarsessions.co.uk. Don't forget about that Patreon, lads. Patreon.com forward slash Star Wars Sessions. It would mean the world to us if you could support the show. $2. $2 gets you in. And there's loads of content. We're doing watch alongs on their commentaries. You know, get involved. Get involved. Cheers love it if you want to support the show for free keep doing what you're doing and listening and leave us a five star rating and review on your podcast provider of choice if you have a spare five seconds because that's all it takes listen i'm going to tell you this by the time i finish you could have already done it five stars helps the show grow it introduces new listeners and it's another way to hear from more of you each and every week yes and please tell all your star wars friends about us tell your mum Tell your dad, tell your mates, tell your cats, tell your nearest four-armed chef, tell your Ewok, <laughs> tell your cousin, the more the merrier, the castle spicier. Yes, tell your nearest Irish monkey that this is the podcast you're looking for. So, until next time, from me, see ya, and from Luke. May the force be with you always. Luke! Luke! Yeah, come on, come on, come on. Carry June. Okay, let's go. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, let me get this right. Let me get this right. You don't want to get this one wrong. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> Lads. Hey, come on. Simply the best. Come on. Come on. Come on. Yeah.